But uh, we, a bunch of us guys just got back from man camp, and uh, we were up with, uh, you know, Spokane Christian Center and, and, and a bunch of other churches, and, uh, you know, a bunch of men getting together out in the woods and just worshiping God, and, and uh, there was healings and deliverance and breakthrough, and, and oh my gosh, it was just an amazing time. And, uh, uh, and we had the opportunity to bring, uh, we kidnapped one, one of the guys and brought him back with us. And we're blessed to have him in the house tonight. And uh, uh, Dave McGrew, he's from uh, Canada. And in 19, was it 81 or 79? In 81, they, they, they packed up and, and answered a call of God and went to Canada. And they've, cha- they've changed the nation. And I'm telling you, there, there's, over, there's like 400 ministers under him that he's responsible for. So it's kind of like having, you know, a general in the house. And so we're being very polite. And, you know, trying to do everything right because he's going to talk to me right after service. And, and if you've ever needed somebody to talk to to complain about me, he's the guy. We'll make sure his number's on the screen later and you can, uh, he's in what room number he's at. And you can just spend the night with him go over, going over everything. Uh, but uh, it's, a, it's an honor because this guy, this guy is golden. And, uh, you know, for several years he's spoken into the lives of our men. And, and I feel like our friendship is, is really developing and really growing. And I can't wait to see what the future has. But, you know, what's awesome about that is that what God's doing, you know, with Shelby and I in relationships with people is, is because of you, because God's wanting to get something to you. And, and, and so it's, it's a joy and a privilege and my honor to welcome uh, Brother Dave McGrew from Canada all the way to... Kennewick, Washington. Would you give him a hand as he comes tonight? Stop. Thank you all very much. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to be here. Some of that stuff he told you was truish. I'm not sure all of it was, but some of it was truish. You don't get my phone number. You can have jeans if you want it. Uh, and this is my lovely wife, Jean. Jean, do you have anything you want to say? Why don't you come say hi? This will come off my time. Good evening, Garden. <laughs> you are the planting of the Lord, and you're looking good. I'm, <laughs> I'm trusting that you're bringing forth fruit to the glory of God, and you're growing and increasing in his heart and love for this city and the people around you. I'm calling you blessed and increasing and with the increase of God, that you're bringing forth good fruit, and you're a blessing everywhere you go. We are delighted to be here with you. We're delighted to grow in our relationship with your pastors, meeting your leadership teams, and it's an honor for us to be here. For Thank you. Thank you for allowing us an entrance into your hearts and lives tonight. Amen? Amen. I'm, I'm thinking if the thing in Canada doesn't work out, I should move to Kennewick and clean the floors or something. I, I, uh, I just am blown away by who you are, by what God's done, and I'm so excited to think about what he's doing what's going to happen in your future and how important it's going to be for you to have the right hookups, the right connections spiritually with one another, the life and the health that comes from sharing life with each other, from doing life together, and ultimately from that relationship that you have with the Lord himself. Because in the end, that's what sustains it. You can't ever live this beyond what you live this. 
if you, if you live this beyond what you live this, you'll end up abusing and misusing one another. You'll miss your opportunity. And I think there are some profound opportunities that would go beyond, oh, anything that even the government could imagine right now that God's going to present to you and to groups like you who have a heart for pushing past the status quo and moving into the arena to where God really is praised, where he is truly lifted up and magnified, irrespective of what kind of benefit or, or personal agenda that you might have to see what great things God's going to do. So we're really, we're really honored to be here with you. We're, we're humbled to be here with you. We're thankful to see that there are men and women in this nation like this that God's able to use. Father, we're so grateful to be here. We bless your people. We bless your people with wisdom, with grace. We declare that you draw near to them as they draw near to you, that you fill their hearts, that you fill their souls, that you fill their minds with divine imaginations about who they can be, where they can go, and what your perfect plan both individually and corporately is for their life. We thank you, Lord, for what you start. I'm convinced that what you've begun, what you've initiated, you will carry forth into completion until the very day of Christ. May your blessings be upon them all in Jesus' name. Amen. Look in your Bible, if you would, for a few minutes with me and look over into uh, John chapter, let's look at John chapter 16. John chapter 16, there's a couple of verses here that I want to read to you about, about the person of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit for a little bit, for just a few minutes, because uh, you have a helper, you have a friend as a born-again believer. That you, have, you have something that people on the outside don't have. Sometimes I think us believers forget about the inside track we have because we have God living on the inside of us to lead us and guide us and to support us and to strengthen us. And sometimes I think we forget that uh, life, is, life is not as hard for us, even when we think it is, as it is for a lot of people who don't have any extra help in time of trouble. Uh, I say this not because I think that you're weak or that you need to be bolstered up in this truth, but I, I know that the Holy Spirit wants an entrance into your life as a church that, that you're primed for, you're ready for. I don't know what that'll look like. I don't, I don't have any opinion about what that has to look like, but I do know that, that gifts are going to begin to operate profoundly in your private lives and your personal relationships, that there's going to be demonstration, that there's going to be miracles on the street, and I'm sure there already are. There are going to be great things happen according to the Word of God that go back clear to New Testament days so that you'll be a church, you'll be a body of believers like that body of believers who received initially the infilling of the Holy Spirit so that everybody thought something's, it was, it was a moment where all humanity, all history changed because of that divine kiss, that divine moment where God came in the form of his ever-living, ever-present spirit and touched and filled humanity. Jesus is talking about this. Jesus come to show in some regards who we are, in some regards who that spirit would be like. He said he's another spirit like, like I am. He's like I am. And in John chapter 16, it says uh, in verse number 12, Jesus is talking to him and he says, 
I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. You know, you don't get everything that you need from the Lord in one, in one dose. You don't know everything you need to know. You've got some other lessons that you have to be taught. There are some other truths that need to be prepared for your heart, that your heart needs to be prepared to receive so that in the moment when you are, when you are needing it, you'll be so familiar and so accustomed to that voice living and speaking on the inside of you that you, that you trust him, that you hear what he's saying to you. I love what God does in a group where my personal drive is is to make sure that everybody I come in contact with to the best of my ability has an intimate enough walk with the Lord Jesus Christ familiar enough with his word refreshed enough by his spirit so that if they're ever isolated alone or in a jam they wake up in one of these scenes where we saw the big blue fighting for us they know what to do They've got just enough hope and faith that they can reach out and do it, that they don't have to live off of anybody else's experience. That they don't have to live, they don't have to wait for the body to be gathered together, or they don't even have to wait for their own particular segment of the body to be gathered together. God forbid when it comes to this, but it does come to this, they've got enough strength to stand up and say, this is the way I'm supposed to walk, this is who I'm supposed to be, this is what I need to say right now. A people like that unleashed on a, on a civilization, on a society, will change that society. It takes a spirit-empowered people like that to change a society. Churches don't change cities. People change cities. Churches can't change nations, but people do. Now, they might be housed in a church, but they're house that they might be empowered and released to go forth in the power of God and do these things. So he said, I got a lot of things to say to you. And he said, uh, you can't bear them right now. You can't hear them right now. He said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. I like that word guide into all the truth for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are come. So there are things that you that you don't know yet, that he's going to guide you into all sorts of truth. There's revelation about your future, about your gifting, about your function, about the role you play individually and collectively. But he says there'll be, there'll be other things that'll come that he'll show you what you're supposed to do. Now there's a companion scripture to this. Look quickly with me over to John chapter 14. And it says almost the same thing in John chapter 16. I want you to notice that he said, you're not ready to hear these things. But in John chapter 14, he says uh, in verse 25, these things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. So these are things that they can hear. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. So we've got, we've got apparently a need for somebody to come along when Jesus isn't physically tangible We've got somebody to come along. We need someone to guide us. We need someone to show us things to come. That means you have, because you're born again and you have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you, you have no reason to ever fear the future. You have no reason to ever be caught unaware. You have 
He who knows everything there is to know, the greater one lives in you. You have him living on the inside of you, ready, willing, and able to communicate truths to you that will guide you to where you're supposed to be. That'll, you know, and the thing about being guided is sometimes you bump into the wall a little bit, but he'll keep guiding you till you get there. And he will show you, he will show you what's coming so you don't have to be caught flat-footed, unprepared individually or collectively. You'll know what's going to happen before it happens. He said on top of that, he will, he will cause you to remember things that we've talked about before, and he will teach you. So this sounds like to me, this is... In fact, I'll, I'll say it like this. I haven't said anything that a person couldn't do. I haven't said anything. I, 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 a pastor can guide you where to go. A pastor or a friend, a family member, can tell you about their experiences and tell you what's coming up in the future. Uh, a, somebody that you know can remind you of a word that you got or some truth that came your way. Somebody can, somebody can teach you something when they say you don't know it. This is what's enacted in church every day, isn't it? But this, is, this works not because human beings are doing it per se. This works because the Spirit of God on the inside of someone is commuting to you, communicating to you, and you're listening through the ears of your spirit, and that, that divine transaction's taking place. But you don't just always have the option of having a human being speak to you. There are things that you have to be able to pursue and to, to walk in and to receive from him that someday somebody around you might not be aware of. They might not have the knowledge you need, so it's important to have that relationship with him. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we'll settle in over here, I think. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says, But as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths or even the deep things of God. I don't know if you've ever read that and had this thought. If God has deep things, God must have some shallow things. Because deep and shallow are relative terms. Is that not true? So it says he reveals even the deep things. Even those deep things. So that not everything that God tells you is overly deep. God can't really tell you deeper things than what you can swallow right away. But he will tell you what you can bear, what you can hear. But as you hear it, as you bear it, as you grow and you increase, the things he begins to speak to you, they, they do deepen up. They do increase. Now, I don't really know why I'm saying all these things. I don't have any awareness of anything that's going to happen profoundly or importantly. But I do know that there will come a time that the divine voice of God's going to speak in the leader's hearts the divine voice of God's going to speak and give direction and instruction, and it might take you directions that you've never been before. 
It might cause you to, to in, be enlarged numerically, but it might cause you to spread out and to touch the world in ways that you've yet to imagine. There are great days coming in the kingdom of God, and men and women empowered by the Spirit of God are needed to fulfill that commission all over the world. Not everybody's ready. Not everybody's prepared, not everybody's committed and ready for the task that God's going to put in front of them. And I sense in my heart that there is a great awareness and a great readiness in this body here. So he says, he's revealed us these things through the Spirit. The Spirit searches everything, even the depths or even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. In my own life, I am a tongue-talking believer. In my own life, I've long since gotten past the idea of it being just an experience. In my own life, I've understood that the more I commune with the Holy Spirit in every way imaginable, through the Word, through prayer, that the more I connect myself to Him and to what He's doing and where He's going what He's saying, the weaker my flesh gets, the stronger my faith gets, and the more capable I am of being all that God called me to be. You're, most of you are still young enough that you're probably pretty excited in the moment. You're liking life like it is, and you don't necessarily think about where it's going to be in the future, in years to come, but I'm telling you that you need a relationship with God through His Spirit, through the, who, whom the Son purchased and freely enabled you to receive, that you might go and accomplish and be and do all that God calls you to do, and that that relationship has to be personally developed. You have to work on that yourself. That's not something that you can get from the group. That's not something you can get group faith and you can get group encouragement. But there is a personal, there is a personal intimacy that is required for you to have and for you to share with that great teacher, with that great guide, with that great leader who is able to communicate to you without a human agency involved, if that is necessary, to speak to your heart to tell you what to do, what not to do. This is clearly a church that doesn't tell people how to live their lives, except to pursue the Lord. The beauty and the freedom in that is, is if you pursue the Lord, if you're ever told to turn left or turn right or to do or to don't, it must come from that internal witness that you have in your own heart and life, not from an external voice. And this means that God himself is treating you like sons. He's treating you like family. He's expecting you to mature and to grow and to develop. He's giving you the chance and the opportunities to do this. And this means that day by day, you have to pursue him. You have to follow him. You have to cult a relationship with him in whatever way that makes sense to you. You have to pursue him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. I'm going to ask you to stand up with me if you would.
Everybody knows that you can't live a Christian life in your own ability. Sooner or later, your own energy comes to an end. Your own motivation dries up and runs out. Everybody knows that the Christian life is supposed to be a supernatural life. It's a crazy deal. You're going through life and you're saying as a believer that you're dead and that you got born again and that there's new life on the inside of you. I remember when I got born again that funny things happened. Something inside of me died. I know it died. And something, something came alive that was completely different in nature and character than what I'd ever had before. I didn't... I didn't ever desire to be who I am today or push myself that direction. What happened in my life, what happened in your life, is that that new life takes on a life of its own and begins to work and mold and shape and replace your thoughts and your values, your beliefs. It begins to change who you are. You are, if you're a born-again believer, a spirit-possessed individual. Somebody living on the inside of you that wasn't there before. Somebody that somebody on the outside might think was an alien or something. But it is the life-giving, eternal Son of God who gave his life to death, burial, and resurrection that you and I might live and that you and I might have a newness of life. A newness of life in kind and character. If you have not been born again, if you have not let that new life come on on the inside of you. If you've not surrendered and said, my sins are all gone and carried away, we sang about it earlier, then there's no hope of no matter how much strength you can muster, no matter how many good works you can do, you'll never have the energy to change yourself, much less the world you live in. But if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have surrendered your heart and yielded to him and said, you're not just a nice guy. You're not just my savior. You're not just my sugar daddy, but you are, you are Lord of the universe. And you have a right, you have a right to rule and reign in this your possession. Then you have, no, you have no hope ever, really, of having the strength that you would need to accomplish anything other than the most mundane pedestrian life there is. It's a great thing that he offers this to all. It's a wonderful thing that he says, if, if any man believes in his heart and says with his mouth that Jesus is Lord, it says you will be saved. It's a great execution of faith, but it's simple. It's easy. All you have to do is believe it in your heart and say with your mouth, not that Jesus is my Savior. That's the fruit of it, but that Jesus is my Lord. He's in charge. He's in charge. It all begins with inviting that spirit to take rulership and have reign in your heart and life. Father, I pray for these men and women that are here with us tonight. And I pray that if there would be any one of them. Pastor said earlier, some of you need to take a step towards the Lord. If there'd be any of us in any, any condition at all that's resisted, held ourselves back, refused to acknowledge your lordship, 
Right now, Lord, we set our hearts, we set our minds. We determine within ourselves that we'll move towards you, and we do. We do acknowledge, we do accept you as our Lord, as our Savior. You're the real thing. You changed the universe, you changed the world, you changed me, you changed many of these people in this room. And Lord, I invite you now to change each and every one of us. I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know you, you don't know me, and I don't want to waste your time, don't want to make church go late or any such thing, but I don't know if there's anybody here that's not ever made that decision, said in their heart that they'd yield to the Lordship of Jesus. I'll tell you this, maybe this muddies the water a bit. I probably have to make that determination in my heart, well, about every hour. Some hours it's harder than others. Your pastor said something up at the man camp, and he alluded to it tonight about, and it was, the, the brother talked about the teaching that's gone on where you just have to come into a place where you get in agreement with God. And that's what lordship means, that you come into a place where you agree with him, not where he agrees with you, but where you agree with him. Is there anybody here that's not come to that place of agreement? Is there anybody in the room that's not said, I'm going to let you lead. I'm going to let you be in charge. I'm going, to, I'm going to practice yielding my life to you. And it is a practice. It's not a perfect art. It's certainly not a science. It is a practice where day by day, week by week, and month by month, you yield yourself ever increasingly for him to rule and reign in your heart and life. Has everybody in here accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord? If not, please let me know if you want to so we can pray. That's an important deal because short of that, short of that divine touch by the Spirit, there's no, there's no moving forward without bridging that gap. I declare to you that because you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that ever increasingly his spirit's going to fill you up. That his presence comes upon you now. That his work that he's begun in you will not fall apart. It will not stop. It will not be finished. But he will continue to work in you so that you go beyond the barriers and the boundaries that you've experienced in your life. And that you grow in grace. You grow in wisdom. That you grow in a place of relationship. So that indeed, because of the love that you have found in him, that he has prospered in you, your love will abound outward to one another, to your community, and to all the people God graces you to touch. I declare that the love of God, the peace of God, the infilling, the presence of his spirit leads you and guides you into all truth. In Jesus' name. Lord, we lift up our voice to give you the thanks, to celebrate you, and to give you the praise and the glory, for you are great, you are great, you are great, and you are greatly to be praised. Glory, honor, and blessing be to God. Glory and honor and blessing be to God. Glory and honor and blessing be to God. We thank you, Lord. Come on, we church, let's get loud. We thank you, Lord.